Men, women, girls and boys and fisher thems, welcome to fisher Out thems. of Your League. Fisher thems? Fisher thems, yeah. What's that mean? We shouldn't get into it now, but it's just everyone's welcome. Right, never heard it. Well yeah. done. No, didn't see it's Sam Smith on the one show? Nope. Okay, Google it. Uh, Mark, hi. Hi. John, hi. Hi. Nice chainmail sweater that you're wearing there. It's chainmail. Is it chainmail? Chain chain what, what do you call it? What's that style? It's just a sweater. M&S. M&S. <laughs> Ralph Lauren by Why is there a man riding a horse on the, in, on the right? <clears throat> um, just a logo, mate. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we are joined, let's get him straight in, by a former teammate of Mark and John's. Mm -hmm. Super League winner, Challenge Cup winner, Mr. Martin Gleeson. Got to say it Mer properly. Mertin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Martin Gleeson. Mate. Any, <laughs> any middle names, Martin? No. no. <laughs> good you? Catholic family. Good, good talking to them. Oh, Mark, Mark, Mark is giving Martin microphone lessons, Martin. John. The irony, how, how far we've come. We uh, Martin, on. for you safety instructions, welcome aboard the good ship. The life jacket's under your seat. You can upgrade to move away from Mark. John provides the controversial opinions. Yeah. And do you have any allergies? Uh, no. no. <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> um, in, fact, in fact, in terms of controversial opinions, Gary yeah. Lineker. John, have you got oh. any thoughts on that? Just while we... Yeah, I've got thoughts on it, yeah. Go on, give me 30 seconds. Um, well, I think, it, I think it's really mad that people aren't allowed to actually have an opinion, even if they've got it. Like, mm. I think in modern-day society, what we do is try and shut down everyone's opinion um, unless it's perceived to be the right opinion. And I just think that's, like, I find it strange that we, you know... Like, it's naive by Gary Lineker to come out like that and expect no comeback. But that being said, like, everyone's got opinions. We should, we should actually encourage people to have an opinion. What if your contract says you can't have opinions? They've had the same contract to add opinions, but, but it's been fine. Smaller fish like me. And I didn't, work, I didn't work at the weekend. I didn't get paid because of Gary. What's yeah. that, like, man of the people? I didn't get paid. Because oh. all the shows got cancelled. Thanks, Gary. What do you mean? Did, you didn't get well, Gary earns £1.3 million. Pounds. Ian Wright, Anna Shearer, well, and a lot of It's all about you then, isn't it? It's well, no, it's not all about me, but it's about cameramen, it's about producers, yeah, no, it's I about technical it, stuff. It's about if, it if you're a man of the people, a week. no one's going to get paid this weekend because I've got an opinion about asylum seekers. No, but they, you should, they, well, they made it into such a big story. It's pathetic. It well, how's that a front-page story? That's well, what we've come no, to. I know, but it shouldn't have been, should it? It should have been basically, Gary Lineker's got an opinion, and this is his opinion, and the BBC could speak to him privately about how he broadcasts his opinions. Mm. But at the end of the day, that should have been it. He's had opinions for the last 20 years on Twitter. No one's been bothered until now. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's wrong. Yeah. I think people should be allowed to say what they think. And there shouldn't be consequences or people trying to suppress opinion because what's that then? We're in like some sort of... Um, Don't say yeah. the same thing that Gary said no, because you'll get cancelled. No, but you are in a society that, that supports opinions as long as it's... <clears throat> part of like the societal zeitgeist of what's popular at any one time, which is crazy. Do you think you could be cancelled one day? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> he, I mean, Mark, hopefully. Mark, John is the most likely to be cancelled in the rugby league world. No? I think you're almost slightly, I think Will's the most likely to be cancelled. You've got to be someone to be cancelled. No one knows who I am. one indiscretion you away from it come you, tumbling down. You, you and know there's who a you view in the cupboard. Closet, oh, skeletons. Yeah. Yeah. In the cupboard. Anyway, in forget Gary Lennon again. Forget yeah, Gary Lennon again. Thanks, Gary. And get paid at the weekend. Let's move on. When I say to you, John Wilkin, Martin Gleeson, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Cheese. 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 Was that, was that your name? I don't know. No, it's his nickname. It wasn't his nickname. Just you calling me? I know, yeah. But no, but, but no long, I think it was Longy's, Sean Long's kids couldn't say your name, so they used to call oh, you Cheese. Yeah. 
So well, couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't say Martin, so they said jeez. Yeah, just instead of Gleese, no you know, like calls me Martin. Merton. Someone called me Martin a few weeks ago. I didn't know who they were I called you to. Martin just outside the pub a minute ago. Yeah, I know, I ignored you. <laughs> Martin. Martin. So, look, and we're going to get stuck into this, but obviously, Mark, you played with Martin a long time, mm-hmm. Gleese. A long, long time ago. Was it mm-hmm. 2009? You had a, 2009, Eight, yeah. nine, ten games you played yeah. as a little, yeah. You played with him at Saints. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously, you've been coached by him, Mark, as well. You've been in... Yeah. Coached by him as well. Different from dynamic. Was he different? Was he different 60, as a player as he was as a coach? Um, same person, probably. When when you go from a player to a coach, you've, you've obviously got to change a little bit. Um, but we've always had a really good relationship, even back when I was a I was a young kid at Wigan, I was into indie music, so we used to bond over Kings of Leon and having a couple of pints after a game. So we always had a good relationship back then. Yeah, one of the best uh, best modern centres the game's had. Yeah. Um, physically, probably not the quickest. And and what he did was quick enough. No, but he learned the nuanced skill of playing centre that you probably don't have to do if you're a great athlete. And I think Martin understood it positionally the demands more than any other player that I've played with. Mm. And in terms of sometimes we were thinking about or chatting about this before, is when you're a player like there's certain players who who do what they do and they have no idea why it works for them. And there's players who demand things of people around them because it helps them be good. And Martin was always, always one of those players. Like the first player that I'd played with who understood, you know, where he caught the ball, what that meant to his body shape and how he moved, you know, how he used his footwork to manipulate defenders and, and creating players inside of him that got in the ball in a position which he liked. Like that was something that stood out for me. I love, love that Gleese is just like, what looking at you like he's listening to the podcast and like he's not on it yeah no well, he's just on learned it something. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 he's he taking all the compliments like this bring yeah. bring it. I think, was that like that? We, we're gonna get stuck into your life Gleese, and and what you're doing right now um shortly but we should say commiserations to, to john wilkin who yeah. is not he, he was the a sports bit upset earlier wasn't he yeah just to confirm not the sports pundit of the year um where, where did you come out of the 16th did they do like reverse order in 16th me. John Wilkin. Yeah. The, up to Ali McCoy. I told you Ali McCoy would win it. Ali McMoist. Ali McMoist. Is that, can we say that? <laughs> Ali McMoist. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, he won it. Yeah, it was a good night. It was, uh, it was, it was good fun. Any networking? No. No. Did just Roy Keane too, turn up? Just too drank cool, too so cool much red wine. No, your teeth go a bit blue. Yeah. And you, 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 you've got. Kyle Amor was there. Yeah, it was, it was all right. It was good. It's one of those awards dues. You know, when you go to awards dues, right? And the genuine, it's like everybody's there and there's a few people nominated. And then everybody celebrates that those people have won. Well, this was where everybody was nominated in the room. You know what I mean? Oh, it's not. And by the way, it's 95 quid a ticket. Oof. <laughs> you didn't get a free ticket as a nominee? Well, BBC paid. Yeah, Roy Keane didn't turn up, no? Knew he wasn't going to win. I think he did, but it just, he was in disguise. <laughs> as, as Ali McCoy. As Ali McMoy. Did, did you have a speech prepared? I know we talked about this last time, but did he? Did he no, no, not was, at all. I, I was under no illusions that I wasn't, <laughs> you know, that I was not going there to win, Will. I was going there to represent. Did you do your, the acceptance clap, like, nod your head? Yeah, no, what I did. He deserved Like the Oscars. Yeah. What I did was I went, is what every rugby league person does in every corporate situation that they ever go, is to over-represent a very un- underrepresented minority in a room full of people who are infinitely better than you. And oh, took okay. a match of the free And that's bar. what rugby league players do. We'll yeah. go to any do and turn yeah. it into a... Minority. Yeah, no, and it's like, oh, isn't the oh, rugby league's here? Well yeah. done. At least they turned up there. <laughs> yeah, thanks so. for coming, rugby league. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Maybe next year. Cute. Um, However, let me give you some good news. You could still win an award this year. Right, great. Okay. Uh, because we have been nominated for the Rugby Sports Podcast of the Year. 
Is it by the same people? <laughs> no, we basically have to There's put 48 yourself... <laughs> candidates have been nominated this year. If you put yourself in, you're nominated. Right, OK. <laughs> That's so what you did, wasn't it? Cat- the, Caterpillars and Moths by Darren and Steve from Norwich. Um, is, uh, the good news is James Haskell's podcast is not in it this year. Um, I'm that's, not sure that's, that's great news. Well, because they they've got they've got someone who's married to someone in the royal family. They always win. No, it, that's good news for you because you like you know him and it's no, like, no. Oh, we want to win it. He he normally wins it. That's oh, what no, I'm saying. Like, so he's not in it. I know, but you love. No, but he's not in it. That's you, my point. You're missing the point. No, but anyway, I'm not, you're you're, okay. you're not. I'm not missing the point. The point <laughs> is that you know James Haskell. Do I? <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that. No, but you right, like okay. to die anyway, out on this. There are, there are 11 other podcasts in the category. You can vote for us at sportspodcastgroup.com. Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> are you going to remember that? Sportspodcastgroup.com. If, if, if anybody actually puts that into the browser, I'm going to be, I'm be really surprised. <laughs> Just fucking vote for us, you idiots. Um, idiots. <laughs> anyway, look... Um, Please, I'm not going to warn you one more time. Put that microphone up to your lips. Yeah. Mark, you're in control of his microphone at all times. There we go. Um, before we before we get onto your story, bit of news to get us started. Lee Radford sacked. I know we don't we don't we normally keep these timeless, don't we? But yeah, yeah. that came to me as a little bit of a surprise. Three games in, um, right or the wrong call. In fact, Martin, right or the wrong call because um, two of those defeats were against Wigan and Saints. That seems that seems quite excessive. That doesn't seem like a performance based. Sacking, right? No, to, to me, it looks something else has gone on there, or it was in, it was on the cards from previous to that. I don't think them three games had a bearing on it. Um, I, I've obviously been out the game for a little bit, so I don't really know what's what's mm. been going on. Give me the reason why uh, Lee Radford's uh, been sacked. Lee Radford's not been he's not been sacked. He's, it, it, well, he has part so mutual com- consent. He's been sacked by mutual consent. No, he's not sacked. He has been sacked. No, but you just said it's a legal thing. No, no, because it happens all the time. Mutual consent does not so, mean well, sacked. Well, shut up, let him answer the question. So, so-and-so has left the football club by mutual consent. Yeah, but that's fake because he's been sacked and yeah. the, the coach doesn't want the disgrace of being sacked. Right. So they come to this conclusion so to leave, of mutual consent. No, this is, Lee Radford's leaving at the end of the year anyway. Yeah. Results for, Cass had won eight out of 10 the last 10 games. Yeah. They started the year absolutely like a bag of shit. And then basically, Lee Radford has gone into a meeting. But then you have a conversation at board level, and it's like, well, what do you want to do? Well, it, it, and it comes to a situation where, well, it's probably best if I step aside now, take all of my money up till October, November, and you give Andy Last an opportunity. That's what's happened, realistically. It's right. nothing more than that. It's not like, oh, we're getting rid of you. I'd imagine he's, all, he's come to negotiate a contract. He doesn't want to negotiate because he wants to leave. The club have decided to go another way very quickly. Yeah. Um, okay, let's park that one there. And one more bit of news, Gleese, which you can definitely come in on, is yeah. Sam Tompkins. Yeah. Mark, did you, sorry, did you have an opinion on no, Lee Radford? You had your chance, but you don't... Did you? No, I didn't get a word in as usual. But, no, but um, do you, before we move on to Sam Tompkins, anything else to say? No, I agree with John. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Tompkins, though, yeah, great player. Yeah, you've all played with or against him. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's 33, he's a baby. I know he's had his injuries and so on, but that's um, one of the greatest of his generation. It's, it's a testament to his career that he's won Man of Steel twice within such a big um, uh, gap in terms of it was 2011, I think. 2011 yeah, and then 2010, yeah, maybe 2010. And then a couple of years ago, he's been a great player. He probably revolutionised the way that fullback was played in this country. He's been a great ambassador for the game and I think you can all see that he's been carrying injuries for the last couple of years and mm. he's probably taken his toll now, but amazing player. How good was he, Gleese? Yeah, very good. I was at Wigan when he was a kid coming through. He wasn't a fullback to start with, he was a halfback. I think Amos Roberts got injured and then he matched put him at fullback and just, just the way he moved, glided, just kept his hips away from defenders. 
just one of them guys when he moves with the ball, you can just tell he's good. And but on top of that, competitor as well, real top class competitor. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think playing good, playing half back is is a good development for somebody who goes into play full back, Glees? I think so. Over the last ten years, all yeah. all. Barring maybe Tedesco is not that kind of fullback, is yeah. it? But all the top fullbacks are halfbacks, really, right, aren't right. they? As well, they're the the fullbacks are key position. They're the ones who are picking the sides and putting that killer pass on for how the game's gone over the last ten years. Yeah. But yeah, that certainly helped him. Yeah, yeah. He had a great rugby IQ. He understood the game really well, but then he had the instinctive qualities to react and see overloads and read numbers and 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 take advantage of. You know, when when he's got a couple of players outside him, uh, and the fact he was a competitor, I don't think there was more a more competitive player on the field than him last probably ten, and, twelve and years. I think that one one of the big things you can say about Samuel is when he was young, he was defined by how quick he was, how agile he was, yeah. you know, how, how fast he moved over the ground, and that made him really tricky to play against. Now you couldn't say that about him for the last four or five years, realistically. He's had a lot of lower limits. So you've seen that deterioration, yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I just thought he, he became such a smart player in the last four or five years that he, he, he sort of evolved. Yeah, and just look what, like, since him and Mickey went to Catalans, they've been a different beast. Yeah. They were so inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. They were all over the shop. He's brought that mentality they had at Wigan over to Catalans. And, like, they're pushing right up there now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So I think he's, he's, got, he's got a massive factor in what Catalans have done over the last few yeah, years. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, he, and as well, like, people, like, for us, like, Catalan was a holiday... No, it's not a holiday, but it was one of them clubs that it would recruit badly mm. and you'd look at it and you wouldn't take it seriously because, you know, you sign somebody like Dave Taylor, right? And Willie Mason. And Willie and Mason. And you just become a joke to mm. everybody watching. It's like people who go out there and think, you know what, I go to Catalan, why? Because I can go to Barcelona three times a week. I can ride scooters around the south of France. And I reckon Sam and Mickey, the first two who've gone over there with any fucking steel about them mm. to create a fucking winning mindset. And that's what, and that, that for me signaled a change in, in, in Catalan. And you're right, Glee, yeah. so right, is yeah. Sam and Mickey Mack. So Steve taking them there made them people think seriously. You just change, right? your, your culture can change and hinge on they a few people. They just won't accept it. They won't accept the looseness in training. They're not giving it 100%. They just won't, I remember, I was, I might have still been playing, or I was coaching. I think at Salford, we battered them yeah. by six. Sam yeah, had only I just gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was the star of the show, actually. And like, Sam yeah. was fuming after, and he said, oh, and he's just, the way he reacted, obviously, as you would, but he was just going on about how the, the way they train. It was 2019. And, and the, uh, was it? And yeah. the, the laxing attitude they have over there, and he's just like, this has got to change. Yeah. And he either played a big part in that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Let's get stuck into Martin Gleeson. That's what she Here's said. a question for you, Gleese, right? What do we need to understand about the young little Martin Gleeson before he moved to Australia to, to get him today? What do you need to know? Yeah. Because you were born in Wigan, right? Yeah. And then why, why, why did the folks take you to Oz? Um, uh, so talking 1989, 1990, my dad was a builder. I just don't think there was any work at that time. I think it was a recession time, that kind of... Um, so my nan and granddad have always run pubs in Wigan. So they had a pub and I think one of the locals at the pub moved over to Brisbane, who was a joiner. Said there was loads of work. That's fun for you, that will call. Yeah, yeah, missus John, said you've got to be home. Sorry, stop that emotional part. Do you want to take it? My sister, take it, take it. It says my sister on his phone. Do you want to take it? No, she's, no. 
No, sure. Send it to voicemail. Probably drunk. Yeah. Sorry, please. Carry on. Uh, where was I? So, yeah, so I think someone at the... <laughs> I mean, Dan's pub went over there. He was a builder. Work got back. There's loads of work out there in Brisbane. Um, so my dad just said, right, let's, let's pack up and, and go. So we just went out there. So it was 9, 10-ish. And then... Did uh, he want to go? Was that disruptive as a kid? You know, you had your mates, you had your school friends. And... I can't remember. It was only 9, 10. You just go, don't you? I yeah. was looking for... I remember being excited about it. Um... Headed off over there, and no, it was great. I'd come back when I was 17, so I had a good chunk of my school and rugby rugby learning over there. Yeah. Did he, did you end up with a sort of weird Sam Burgess accent at some point? We had Sam on the podcast. Do you remember when he had with Sam when he sort of came in? He's like, got a weird accent. Weird. I mean, that's funny. Yeah. Very weird. And it changes yeah. with the with his location. I think if you spend jammer's a bit weird as jammer, well, isn't jammer's, it? Jammer's gone more. Yeah, jammer's weird. There's, I think what happens is when you go to Australia, you end up somewhere in the middle of, like, it's almost like mid-Atlantic accent. In the sea. Yeah, no, it's like, you know, like <laughs> actors who go live in, in LA and they end up sounding weird, don't yeah. they? Well, that's what happens to rugby players who go live in Australia. Yeah, but it's the same, it's same when they go to rugby union. It's not, yeah. because they can't understand you. You have to repeat yourself about 10 times. <laughs> so they soften it up a bit. Like, yeah. look at Chris Ashton. Grab up steak, Ash is the poshy sounding fellow. Even though. Jason Robinson. Yeah. They all sound yeah, different. Yeah. So you have that at Penny Hill Park when you well, ordered a Guinness? Faz you know? is still Faz pretty, is proper Wigan. He's, yeah, he's, I love yeah. that. <laughs> but his dad, when you listen to his dad do interviews. Is he gone a bit? Yeah, he's now got an Irish twinge, hasn't he? He just, they just sure. soften it a little you bit. To, so you have to soften yourself just, a little bit. Just, just so, so people bit. can understand you. Yeah. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, most yeah. do. And it's the same in Australia. But yeah, when I got back from Australia, I had a little bit of an Aussie twang. I was in Wigan for about a week and it went, when I got back. We were just playing rugby all the time over there? Yeah. All the time. I under think 10s to under 17s. I think as a young kid playing rugby, rugby league in Australia, it's just firm ground all yeah. year round. It's just you're playing touch rugby, you're yeah. playing rugby league, rugby union probably. Not, not rugby union <clears> in Brisbane. Wasn't it? No. But you played, league, you league, played league. a bit of league here because everyone we've had from where you grew up all went to St. Pat's and all had the same sort of background. Yeah. But had you played any serious kids rugby here before well, you went under to eight, under eight, under nine. No, but people, you, start early, you start early, don't you? Uh, all St. James's. So I played in the same team as... Ian Sibbett, Dave Iton, Chris and Phil Farrell, who are yeah. uh, Andy's younger yeah. brothers. Mm -hmm. Neil Roden, remember when we played at Oldham? Yeah, yeah. Martin Roden. Old. Played with Wellow for a year as well, Did under you? tens or somewhere. Yeah. Wellow came over and played. Did uh, he didn't mention that when we had no, him on. No, no. <laughs> we sent him through, through wasn't it? <laughs> So how much did it change your development then when you went to Australia? Oh, and and, and how, so I, I know I'd say how serious because you're 10 years old, but was that a thing? Was that in your mind thinking, I want to play rugby at that age? <sighs> just fun, just yeah, being a kid. Yeah, just fun. But just one thing, the, the difference, Flash said, it's you're playing in shit, mud over here, and you go yeah. over there, Brisbane, it's, you, don't see, you don't see a piece of mud. It's just yeah. pure grass and you're on top of the ground. Mm. So it, good for your skill development, must yeah. be. Yeah, it is. And uh, I came back when I was about 13, 14, for about six months. Mm -hmm. We had like a long holiday back over here and I went back playing and just remember being, f I just remember everyone being massive over here and just fucking running in shit. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, hands were freezing. Yeah. Couldn't catch a ball, getting tackled in puddles of ice. Junior like, oh, rugby is grim, in it, in this country? Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's grim. Yeah. It's grim. It's like a mental toughness. Mm. It's like, we will siphon out all of the weak people and we'll just leave these really weird people left who yeah. like pain, who like love things being a bit rank. <laughs> who love the dad's shouting oh, at them, toughen up. Enjoy it being rank and just live in uncomfortableness and awkwardness. And like, that's what, that's what rugby league's like a filter. And when you get to the top of it, 
you're left with the weirdest group of people you'll ever find. Well, I couldn't understand. When I first got back from Oz, and this is like, I got back from Oz in, after about a year and a half, I'd signed for Huddersfield. So the difference between the amateur over here playing in the shit and the more than the, mm. that was in winter, and then I was going professional and you're training in decent Huddersfield, Mal Riley was a coach, decent growings, everything. So you're playing one thing growing up as a kid, yeah. And then you're playing something completely different as a professional. <laughs> it's not recognisable. It's not the same. No, no, no. Changes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking mental. You came back here when you were 17, right? Yeah. And, but, but was there ever a chance of you thinking, I'm going to go through the academy, through the roots, the young roots in an NRL side? Well, I was playing a very good side under 17s. Who did you play for? Um, I started off a club called Beanley, then Slacks Creek. And then I finished up at Logan Brothers. Cameron yeah, Smith was yeah, they're the, the feeder club for Melbourne, aren't they? Yeah, so the Cameron Smith was a couple of years younger than me. I played. Brad Myers played in my team. Remember, oh, he came yeah. over and played at Bradford. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So we was. I finished. It was uh, President's fellow flag. Ginger. Half, yeah, fellow. Yeah, halfway through the season, uh, we were top. We were be, be, best team in Brisbane. So I was playing yeah. on a really good side, and the coach wanted me to stay over there. But I was at that age, seventeen. Were you, were you sent to that? Uh, six. Were you? Yeah. Who couldn't kick and still can't. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so, there's so many things I want to focus on. I think particularly, you know, obviously you going into union and, and right. some of the things that cropped up across, across your career. But you're, in your playing days, you, you played for six clubs, and like big clubs. Yeah. You moved, you, it seems someone yeah. on the outside, you moved around quite a bit, quite yeah. a lot. Yeah, towards the back end. Like, towards the back end I did. Uh, yeah. I was at Huddersfield for a start, went for a trial game though. Because when I got back from Australia, I'd missed the boat kind mm. of thing. So everyone my age signed up for all the academies at 16. Mm -hmm. So I'd missed miss the jump on all the academies. So all them guys I spoke about before, they were all playing for Wigan Academy, Warrington Academy, et cetera, et cetera. So I was playing at St. Pat's under 18s. You, had, you could do, there was no under 17s, so there was two years. So I did a uh, half year under 18s and I started the second year of under 18s. Mm. So I kind of missed the ball and then I got a trial match at, uh, remember Nigel Wright? Yeah, yeah. He got me a trial gig at Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah. So I went for uh, a trial match in their academy against Cass. Yeah. Played really well and then got a contract. And then about three, four weeks later, I was making my debut against Bradford. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mad. Yeah. Quick. So I didn't even do a pre-season with Huddersfield. It was like May, June or something like that. Just yeah. straight in. Straight in. Nigel Wright, Nigel Wright was some player, wasn't he? He yeah, played Wigan in player. Yeah. yeah. I remember him. He texted me a few weeks ago, actually. Nigel Wright. <laughs> Shout out Nigel Wright. I must text him back. Reminder. <laughs> 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 Uh, as we said at the top, won two grand finals, won the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Is that, that day in 2010 against John Wilkin and against St Helens, is that the standout? When you um, look back at that career? That was good. Yeah, that was Did you good. you play in 2005 against Australia? Uh, when you beat them in Sydney? No, I was on the tour, I didn't play that yeah, game. Right. Uh, beat Aussies at Wigan in 2003 or four, maybe. Four. Four. Definitely. Yeah, beat him at Wigan, pissing around. Yeah, yeah, uh, but then we lost the final, didn't we? Yeah, Ellen Road. Ellen Road got Rowe, battered. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. Two tries, Old Trafford. Yeah, that was good. Uh, Saints one was probably better. I don't know. There was something about that Saints being at Saints two thousand two. Yeah, you were there, right, as a baby? Yeah, yeah. Starting off, it was that was there. There were really good times then. What are your memories of those days? Uh, just like. Same as Will Cole, it's just that the, the the club team spirit that they had then, really good players and everyone everyone go back was at the Griffin after the yeah, game, yeah, yeah. but like everybody, full team, 
and everyone just got on really well. Trained really hard, Kieran Cunningham and all them set the standards, Scully, just really good players, everyone got on, it was just like, they were good days then. It was good crack, wasn't it? Yeah, good crack. Really good crack. Yeah. How that, different was Martin to other teammates you had back then? No, I mean, we're all probably pretty similar in, mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways, like we, 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 we played hard, we trained hard and we partied pretty hard, you know, mm -hmm. that's what we did. You know, you, you, you win, you celebrate like man. <coughs> you, you lose, you turn up sulk on a Monday, get after it. Like, um, it was a tough, like, it was an, an amazing environment for me. I was young, younger mm. than Martin at that stage. Walked into. Are you older now? I'm older than you now, yeah. It's weird. Time stopped. <laughs> it's and then got no, he did, he did. He, yeah, he went down under and yeah, yeah. it's a time difference. Yes. And then he kept doing it and eventually I caught him up. Yeah, uh, yeah just a mad time, like amazing. A, a great team. And then probably my memory of that, that era was the 2004 Challenge Cup final at, yeah. at, at, against Cardiff. And Cardiff, which was, it was just massive, you know, it felt massive yeah. uh, for me. Wigan Derby. Yeah. 2002 yes. was a big one as well, but they beat us. We were like massive favourites going into that game. Yeah. Blue leads away, I think. Um, cracking it, like, there's some really good good teams back then. Bradford, they're good with Bradford back then. Yeah, yeah. Like, Do you were, find your confidence in that? Like, because you're at Huddersfield, right? You know, when you start a career in sport, like, you start going and you get a bit of confidence. But was Saints sort of coming and signing you at that stage, is that where you got your confidence, do you think, at um, that point? No, I don't. I, I wouldn't say so. No. I thought I was playing pretty good at Huddersfield. It was, yeah. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. It's just different. And then you go to you go. But it to accelerated your career that little. Yeah, of that course spell, it does. Yeah. Of course it does. It's yeah. hard. Like Huddersfield finished bottom two years in a row yeah, when yeah. I was there. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And then you go to a team like Saints and the players they've got, and you're winning every week, and you're adding bits to your game, and yeah, good days. Mm. Um, I want to spend a large chunk of this talking about what, what you're so passionate about now, Gleese, and your coaching and what you've been doing with Eddie Jones in England and obviously what the future holds for you. Do you mind talking about some of the controversies? Not that I want to focus too much on them, but as I said, no, John, but I'm going to just, just test the waters a little bit here. Um, look, I mean, it's not, it's not news to anyone. Everyone knows these stories, but I just want to tap into a few of them. So you were involved in a, in a betting scandal with, with Sean Long, your good mate, in, in 2004. Um, and John, you were obviously at Saints at the time as well. Mm. You, you got a four-month ban. I mean, that's, that, today that seems like a long ban, doesn't it, for for essentially what was was one bet? And and tell me if tell me if I'm wrong, but it was a bet that you won 900 quid on, and you got a 10 grand fine. So yeah. 9,100 down. 9,100 yeah. down. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty insane. And, uh, and it wasn't everyone was doing it, right? You, you got yeah, caught. It was it, right. So what happened was. I can't remember the exact details, but I think we was in the semi-final or of the Challenge Cup the week after, and we'd it was uh, it was like an Eastern Friday Monday game that kind of thing. And I think we beat Wigan on the Friday, and then Basil came in and said, uh, "That's Ian Millward, isn't it?" Yeah, Ian Millward. So because we won, he'd knock off these chunks of games, so we only have to win so many games, and yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. If you lose that many, you're still going to be kind of all right. So he came in and said, "Right." I'm not gonna like he used to, and they come in red-eyed. He'd been on the piss all weekend with Chris yeah, Moyes. Uh, David Moyes is yeah, in Everton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. He used to always be on the piss at the weekend. Moisey. He'd come in Monday morning. Moisey, he'd, he'd be like, Moisey, oh, Moisey got the beers in on the weekend. I woke up in my flat. Johnny <laughs> Vegas's trousers were at the bottom of the stairs. Johnny <laughs> Vegas wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah. That's what it was like Monday mornings. Yeah. Everyone wasn't bothered about the video. Everyone just wanted to listen to Basil's story. <laughs> yeah. 
But that, that, so that stage, he, he said, all right, we'll field in a week. He said, yeah. he's like fielding the reserves, which included me. Mm. Um, and <laughs> he, he, he sort of let that be sort of well known to the guys. And at that, that stage, that was probably where the against, issue... Against Bradford, who against were Bradford. like against superstars Bradford, at the time. At Bradford, who was massive. I broke my thumb um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I had to, and I were, you, out, were you starting? Yeah, so yeah. I broke my thumb and then that, I didn't play in the Wigan game. I think that was that the one was a big fight. Yeah, might have been that one. Yeah, was that the fight? Is that that game? Yeah, you should. No, that's the Friday, the good Friday game. I broke my thumb a few weeks before in the previous round of the Challenge Cup, and then so then I I had to play in that Bradford game. But yeah, so Basil comes in and says no one's playing. Couple, I was the only one who played who was a regular. I think at that time, and he basically was saying, "It's only six in the bookies or four starters or something like that." Everyone's like that. To each other, yeah. looking like yeah, listening. Yeah. So other people were on it as well, right? Yeah. Obviously. But why did you get caught and no one else? Because we're stupid. <laughs> yes. We were stupid. Yes. Because everyone's <laughs> everyone's going around getting driving around with a loads of cash and yeah. me and Longy end up opening an account with Stan James. Longy went it's in Gibraltar. It's all right, they won't know who we are. <laughs> so it was like Bradford minus four or something like we we're, we're gonna get beat by four. And and, and Gleese, the rules back then, right? And obviously the same I mean today. Um, and I mean, I don't so you want to use like your own name in the account. Yeah, that's so stupid. But so, Martin Gleeson sounds account. really stupid, doesn't it? Yeah. When you I know when you say it out loud, yeah, it's stupid. Very but stupid. for people listening right now, like today, players can't bet on any competitive rugby league, any no. professional rugby no. league, and it was the same back then, yeah. Yeah, but it ev- wasn't. Ev- it wasn't scrutinised no, back then. Ev- I'd ev- say they used to do the coupon, didn't you? Where yeah. six games, and I think people would casually do that at lower well, level. What you didn't have to do back then, and I think this came out after it, is you didn't have to say what your twenty-one man squad is or whatever it is, mm. your nineteen-man squad. That didn't have to come out. So you'd look up to the game, and no one. Because I remember there's a couple of famous commentators who were asking, and I think if they were on it, they lumped on. <laughs> uh, as we, were getting, name, on, as we were getting on the bus, one of, one of them, is this uh, right the team? And boom, on the phone. Oh, <laughs> so, listen, there was, uh, there was a few on it. Did, did, did you play, John? Betting. I did, yeah. How, how did you play? I, I got sent off after six so, minutes. So, <laughs> so, so you were in on it, right? <laughs> you got sent off after six minutes. Yeah, yeah. High tackle. Yeah. That sounds so suspect. So were you it investigated? Does, were you I scored the first try. I know Glee scored the first try. He's doing everything. Why didn't you, why didn't you run so off he the pitch? To win. Because you don't, you don't <laughs> try, you don't try and lose. No, you would never try Hold on, if John Wilk had set off after, what, six minutes? I reckon you had more I, 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 You must have been investigated. No, yeah, I was, but I had no idea at this stage that... I was naive at that oh, stage. I had yeah. no idea people. We're all naive. No, no, honestly. Can we reopen the honestly, case? <laughs> honestly. <laughs> honestly. John Wilkin was naive. Stage, I, well, I didn't know everyone was betting on it, for sure. Oh. It was my... I, no, I'm, I'm genuine. I was Look just excited to be playing. I didn't know everybody was betting on the game. If I had, you, what you're you asking a me, bunch of 12 did I get sent off on purpose, Will, to influence the result That's of the game? That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, you're on and they ask the question that you're asking is a good question, <laughs> and the answer is played the fifth. No, will no more questions. You're no, but it was at the time, you know, when it all came out, and yeah. obviously this was it was a big story. Yeah, and, I can and, remember and it, it was right. a big and story. It was the first story actually where defrauding the bookmakers is a phrase that mm. you know you wouldn't even like. What does that mean? Like, which, which you bookies was it? Stan Stan James. <laughs> did he go in? Just, or just, did one, online? just oh, one online. Just, it was online. Yeah. yeah. Was online. What did, did Longley go around to I think bookies? by the time we went to put some on, everyone had already been, 
and they stopped taking bets. Right. So that was the only place to take bets anymore. Because <laughs> yeah. you were based in Gibraltar. Yeah. And they won't have a clue. But they, I mean, that would have cost... That, the issue is, obviously, that event would have cost the bookmakers an amount of money. Mm. And that would have raised eyebrows. Well, apparently, apparently what we got told was someone recognised the names and the actual... It was your email, The actual <laughs> company didn't want to do anything, but this individual sold the story to the... Purpose. One of the best pictures of all time that you will ever see, which is really sad, because is Sean Long getting door stopped by the Daily Mail. <laughs> like, if anybody can... It's not good. It's it funny. Good. It is, it, if you've ever seen a man open a door and go, oh, shit, it's that picture. The picture is genius. Yeah. It was just... Yeah, it's long, flowing of, blonde locks. Well, yeah, and it's just like... If he, if he could have been saying, oh, shit, he would have... <laughs> <laughs> the best is what he said. <laughs> what did he say? Have you had a belt the game? And he went, uh, oh, what did he say? Is it, they said, put it on for me. No, yeah. No, but my brother did. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so have you been playing on that game? Said, no, but my brother did. <laughs> Which is actually illegal as well. <laughs> but your brother's, so no, no, your brother's brother, sister's brother no, but isn't. Actually, it, this is where it does get interesting. Is like as a player, mm. it's technically privileged information that you've got, and you can <laughs> give that to family members and friends. Technically, yeah. No, see, it, all, it all changed then. Yeah, she had yeah. to put it. Now it's gone like, you know what I mean, really. Yeah. It was a harsh lesson yeah. for everybody. Yeah, everybody yeah. actually, yeah, that you yeah. and you oh. and Sean, that was a big, yeah, it was yeah. a massive story, wasn't it? But did you yeah. feel like you, you'd taken a hit because you got the four month ban? As yeah. in like, you know, other people well, had listen, done this. Did you feel a bit of a pile on it? Like people were coming for you Yeah, then? but yeah, it's, you just had to take it. There's nothing yeah. you can do. You, you messed up. It wasn't a, a malicious or intent. No, no. It were like you were trying to, do it in a bad way. It was just one of them. Oh, we can get one over on this here. This is yeah. an academy team versus Bradford at the time. You just, it was inevitable. Yeah. What about all the other bets that you got away with? Never had another bet. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no further no comments. Well Thank you. Uh, but I mean, look, it, it is actually quite topical, even in the sense that, you know, in the Premier League, you've got Ivan Tony betting on it. It's amazing, really, that. Premier League stars think they can get away with it and bet with their own accounts in but, this day yeah. and age. And, and there's a lot. Of, there's different things between. They might be betting on like you can't even bet on another game. Yeah, you know no, what he, mean? he was betting on his own well, games. There was well, yeah. matchfixing, which yeah. is completely different. Yeah, yeah. you bet on your own team wasn't, to win. It wasn't. You're not allowed to. No, yeah. but this wasn't match. The the accusation was it's sort of match fixing or betting on your team to mm. underperform in a game. It wasn't. But it could it be was, twisted like that, can't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. But this was. This was betting on the inevitability of a result that we knew was coming because yeah. we got slapped by by Bradford mm. quite clearly. The national press love um, shaming rugby league in any way they can. Oh, they love shaming people, don't yeah. they? Yeah, but if there's yeah. a rugby league story on the front page, well, that, it's, it's always a negative so, one, isn't it? So, 2004 Challenge Cup. Yeah, I remember. So you said Daily Mail's knocking on Longy's door. Yeah, and then. I remember us winning the Challenge Cup, coming back. We stopped off at a pub somewhere on the way back. Yeah. The day after, and the Daily Mail was there, opened it up, and there was not one bit on the Challenge Cup final. No, no, mm. nothing. No. Nothing. And then Gleese went. There's a scandal. Gleese went straight to the racing pages. But, but two, pages two and three was <laughs> the other time was me. Yeah, Are you allowed yeah. to bet on them not when you when you're banned oh, no, during the four month ban? Could you put some bets on? I don't know. In <laughs> all seriousness, what, what, what was that? What were those four months like for you? Um, it's a long time ago. It's um, a long time to be off. Well, we went to shit, didn't we? 
yeah. on the field. Yeah. We went to shit. Partly because of that? Or? Oh, definitely. Like, Sean and Martin at the time were our best players. Mm. We, you know? I remember me and, Long, it me and Longy year. and... Uh, yeah, because we after it, we ended up playing a few games. And we played that final, then yeah. got banned after that. Yeah, yeah. Didn't we? And we the finished, last game was against Warrington. Yeah, we finished like second bottom after these two got banned. If you'd have worked yeah. the table out from that point. Yeah. So we were top. Second bottom? We are unbeaten. We are unbeaten. Till yeah, Cardiff, till, uh, the Challenge Cup final. Till Gleese ruined it. And then we've, yeah, till Martin yeah. ruined it Sorry. for everyone. Um, yeah, so, no, I just stepped forward. I think we went, we went away. We went to a few of my mates. We went away for a week. We longer, I think we went down to Newquay. That was a mad week. And then uh, then just got back into training. Just got massive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got, massive, got in the gym. Um, look, I... I I'm not going to dwell on this at all, but um, but I think asking you that, people listening will be like, well, hold on, there was another controversy everyone knows about and the band substance. And mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't want to go too much into it. But again, it was involving Sean Long and it was a long time after this, 2011. Um, again, that was a, it was a massive band for you, Gleese, wasn't it? Yeah, it, that, it was, was, that was, was three years and half of it suspended. I mean, that, that's not yeah. as trivial as what the betting issue was, was yeah, it? No, that was soul destroying, that one. That mm. was awful. Like, so the other one was, I could, I could, I could take the other one because that, that was like said it was just there was no there wasn't any uh it was just a stupid mistake but this one really hurt me i yeah. think because why why did that why did the did because the it, it just completely took me by out of the blue so, yeah whereas you you almost understood the betting thing was wrong a bit yeah and it, it yeah didn't this surprise was fully you. fully sad to me because um it was just like a Garana, um, all, all the lads at LFC, well, there's a good chunk of them were taking, it was already there when I got the fire mm. in the changing rooms, you know, just like a... So for context, this was a supplement that was given to the players before training, before matches, to kind of stimulate me before the game, which is quite commonplace in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. dressing rooms, but, and yeah, given I, so by I, physios I, and, and yeah. strength and conditioning guys. I read yeah. up about this stuff, um, this Oxy Elite Pro, which has got this you know, controlled stimulant in called MHA, which essentially is like a caffeine buzz, right? Yeah. So there's no performance enhancing no. side to it. No. Everyone was taking it. And I, I'm just, not I'm just everyone, trying, but... Not everyone, but, you know, a lot of people yeah. were in terms of just... It was, it was to control fatigue, right? And Sean Long had given it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Well, no, he'd not given it to me as such. It was just... It was there in the change well, room. Some I've, people get it, oh, yeah, I've won. He, he's, he's done an interview years ago yeah. and said that he gave it... You know, that's, yeah. that's not a secret. Yeah. He, he said that he gave it to you and he'd yeah. given it to other people to help with fatigue and so on. I'm just building a bit of a theme in terms of, like, <laughs> you've been made a bit of a scapegoat when other people have got away with things in the past. You know, and, you, just, and you, took the, you took a big punishment for that. Yeah, I did. Um, but and That was endorsed by the club, though, wasn't it, in terms of... The well, no, the guy who was S&C checked it out. So when mm. Longy's gone in with it, said, make sure they're all right, he's, he's gone to the computer, checked them out, but there's two things that you look for, mm. become an expert on antidoping after fucking Yeah, yeah you, well, you should be, yeah. And then, so there's an in-competition testing and there's an out-of-competition list. So there's mm. two different lists. Yeah. So whether you get tested on a training day or you get tested on a match day. Now, you could have something in your system on a, a training day and it's completely okay, but then on a match day, it's not. Yeah. So once it's in and once it's in and out, I think the fellow who looked it up looked at the wrong one, presuming that if you look at that one, it covers that one as well. Yeah. And it was, so he's cleared it. It's, but if he looked on the other list, it was banned. Now, a few people were taking this prior to me coming there. Mm -hmm. And a few of them did get tested, but got tested on a training day. So it never come back as a positive result. Now I yeah. got tested after a game, and that's why... Was it, was it actually still. worth the risk in terms of the benefits that it gave you? No, not at all. No. Not one bit. It was just a fatigue control. No, it's just like, you'll go to any 
you'll go to any uh, club now and there's there'll be a station or a thingy with different bits and bobs on you can pick out yeah. and have and just something might be like caffeine gum or mm. like pre-workout uh, pre-workout or but whatever it, it's a lesson that though isn't it because the, the anti-doping and I don't think players know this is it strict liability is like put in your body whatever's in you is your responsibility yeah. now the tricky thing comes when you're at clubs and we went through something similar at St. Ellen's where yeah. we had Mick Sutherland who was a nutritionist yeah. who's given us well there's another story about that completely yeah, isn't of there? course yeah and he's given us supplements like I'm young I, I can't question this guy who says he's working with Team GB. He's giving you tablets and powders and drinks and, and all of that. It's an abuse of, of almost trust, really. And in these situations, it really is for athletes to take control of it themselves and just go, look, nah, if, if you're in any doubt, and Martin's, mm. Martin's story is tragic, but yeah. if you're in any doubt, just don't. Even if somebody's saying, here's these, you've got to take these, don't. It, it is so topical in sport and not in just rugby league. You see it in athletics so much and that debate of ultimately you guys as sports people are responsible for what goes in your mouth and what goes through your system. But there there's is a, a team there is of a, people yeah. who support you. And there's a, a breach of trust along like, the line, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And, and there's also like a, an assumed trust from other people who you trust who are doing, you know, taking things and, and whatnot. But, but as a kid, that, Mark, at Wigan, you would have taken anything someone yeah, told after, you, wouldn't you? After, after every training session in the gym, we'd have... Um, a protein shake made up for us already. So, and I just drink it and you, you don't know what's been put in it. Yeah. You don't know the supplements have been used. You don't know how rigorously they've been tested. And it's like, it's like trust, you trust your coaches yeah. and your, your conditioners. But if they've not done the due diligence and yeah. done the research on what you're taking. Or made a mistake. Or made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. They're not at fault, I'm at fault. And it, that can be, that can make and break someone's career though. Yeah. I mean, you, you said, I think I find it really interesting. The, bet, the betting thing was fine. It sort of washed over you in time. Well, this one hit you hard. Like, what what did that feel like, Gleese? Because you 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 know it's 2011. You're like well into your career at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did that feel? You know, yeah, tough. It was hard. It's just just because of the nature of it. Like UK anti-doping. You know what I mean? It was just it was kind of that. The stigma attached to kind of just cheating or like yeah. Just because it just wasn't that, you know what mm. I mean? It wasn't that at all, and uh, yeah, that that was pretty dark. It, 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 it seems crazy that you can, you know, players can go out and take cocaine, right? And which is a yeah. mistake because they know what they're doing, right? It's not recreationally. It, it's it's not um. Performance, it's not recreational. Sorry, it is recreational. It's not performance enhancing, but then they won't get anywhere near the, the length of punishment that you got for something yeah. that, that clearly was that. That was a you know half of it suspended, mm. but actually the sort of when you when when that was handed down to you as a punishment, you must have been blown away by how much rugby you were going to miss in the latter stages of your career. Uh, yeah, I probably didn't think of it like that then. It was like, it was just a blur, to be honest, now looking back. That mm. first little bit was a blur. I, d- I don't even want to bring up any of the bad things, but what Wilco asked, and, and you know anyone will know this who knows you, is that it did send you into a sort of spiral of depression. It was, it, was, it was a tough, yeah. Yeah, it was tough period yeah. of your life, wasn't it? It was tough, yeah. What, how, how, how did you, and I know, I know the great thing is that you've come to the other side of it, and actually, you know, that, that sort of spurred you on, didn't it, for a decade? Yeah. You said that that yeah. took you onto a new stage in your career, but, yeah. but you know, did you sort of le- learn who, who you could trust and knew who your friends were? It was a big pivotal moment in your life. Uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit, but just, I think you just gotta get yourself out of that cycle. I think the big thing for me is, like I was saying before, is I just hit I hit the training really hard. Mm. Like that got me out and giving myself a focus what I needed to do and I got as 
the fittest I've ever been in my life. Um, just had that goal. Uh, like I was saying to Flash before, I've got I've been off for about six weeks now, obviously, and just for me to keep my head right and thingy, I just I hit the gym, mm. do things like that. Because you've got an addicti addictive personality in terms of if you set your mind to something, whether that's coaching, yeah. training, whatever, you, learning guitar, music, you're like yeah. all in a million percent, aren't you? Yeah, and I think if something gets obviously a takeaway, so I'm not in rugby at this current period of time, I've to replace that with someone, and I've not I've not really trained properly over the last couple of years because. The job, especially with Eddie in England, is pretty all-consuming. So my training dipped off a little bit because you've got to give your full attention to that. So in this little bit of period now where I'm contemplating, I've hit the gym. A lot, of, a lot of deadlifts. A lot of deadlifts. Is that um, is that common? Do do you have addictive personality? Is that something? Have you ever been diagnosed no, with that? Is something that you just no. you just accept? No, you you know. Well, I don't accept it because I don't know it. I'm, yeah. I, I don't mean addictive personality, but you you kind of. When you're into something, you, yeah, can, you okay. commit fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So committed. Yeah, committed. Yeah. I think it's a really important conversation, though. Look, I don't know how much you want to talk about. It. If you don't, we'll move on. But you know, things I'd read about you is that you, you didn't leave the house, you didn't open your post, you didn't answer your phone. You know, for, for loads of people who will be listening to this, Gleese, who've been in those situations, to, just what was that like? And you know, what was day-to-day -day life like? like um, is, it, is it just a blur to you when you think back? Uh, you know, you're making me think. Right? Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, it was exactly like you just said. Um, didn't want to speak to anyone, didn't want to uh, do much. Um, yeah, just had to snap out of it and then found that solace and that focus with getting back with a, you need an aim. I didn't see, a, a, I didn't mm. see anything to aim for mm. and that's when you can spiral down. Once you've got something you can, you can aim for and aim towards and strive for, I think that then it, then it, I think that's for anyone in any circumstance. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The, any walk of life, I think you need a purpose, you need a name, you need, you need something to strive for. And if you don't have that, you're aimless and you're lost and you're, you're bewildered and you've got no positive outlook. Mm. Yeah. It'd be almost like being in, you know, being in like a completely blacked out cave and then you see a bit beam of sunlight and like all of a sudden then you've got something to go at, you know, a reason to like try and get out, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I think people sometimes just get lost in that, the darkness, don't they? That's the thing, we, you know, I'd assume that if you've got the right people around you've still got your mates, you've got your missus, you've got your parents, whatever, then things are gonna be okay. That's from someone on the outside. It's very different on- Well, everyone's different individually, aren't they? Yeah. So everyone deals with yeah. things differently. Um, but I think, and it depends what time frame you're looking at over as well. You know what I mean? Some people might be a week, some people might be six months. But the big, the big thing I think is you see it even in the game. Like mm. once people, a team can be really good. As soon as they know they can't make that playoffs, then they drop off because mm. they've got nothing to aim for. They've got yeah, nothing yeah. to go no, no for. Reason, the competition yeah. comes down, and then then he goes to shit, and they start getting beat by fifty. And as long as you're still in with the hunt, and you've got something yeah. to aim for. You're striving, and you're. You're on the path of good. How long did that darkest period last? Um, I really can't remember. No. And then, so, so, what was your aim? What was your north star, as it were, at that stage? Just to get back and play again. Yeah. Just to get back and play another game again. And that moment when you did, how did that feel? Good. Yeah, it was good. It was. It, it was good to play, but the journey on the way though was just as good. Mm. Like I lived up uh, kind of your way now, Cheadle. Yeah. I was up there training in this like. Uh, 
like an industrial unit type of thing, flipping tires and it was yeah. proper. I got so ripped, I was on ridiculous shape and just that bit was good that on the way on the way back and then I played my first game against Hull KR for Salford, two thousand thirteen. Beat beat Hull KR. Was getting out of Wigan and was and your normal kind of distractions and lifestyle, was that better? for you to kind of focus on what you, you, your goal was by moving moving away to Cheadleware? Um, maybe, I don't, I don't know, I've not thought about that, mm. potentially. Did, did the coaching dream come from that period? Did, you know, yeah. Did it? So was so, it that it wasn't there before, you're thinking, I, you know, I want to make this other career after rugby? Yeah, I wanted to get back, play a little bit, but I always had, like Will said before, I, even when I was playing, when I was at Warrington with Breeze at St. Helens, I always had the coaching eye on the actual game. Mm. I was always trying to figure out what to do with defences and etc. So I always had that coaching mind and I looked at the game from a kind of coach's point of view. Mm. Um, learned from some good coaches over the years as well, like uh, different elements to that, not just the tactical side, like Madge's mentality uh, style stuff. And then once I got back playing, um, Longy was the assistant coach actually at Salford. So after training, after games, I'd go back with him and have a look at training on the laptop. So even though I was still playing, I'd, I'd already started thinking in my head that I'm not going to get a lot much longer playing. Mm. I want to start thinking about coaching. Yeah. A, a really good quote, actually, that I read about you, and it's from your, your old boss, former Wasps head coach, Lee Blackett. And he said, Gleese will, will hit you with his main point immediately and he will convince you within two minutes that this is the way to play. He has a way of convincing players. His body language and everything he's saying is driving positivity. Yeah. Uh, did, did you get that mark when you were being coached by him? Because obviously you saw him as a player and then... Yeah, so I'd, I'd say, I'm not saying it's because he's here, but Gleese is the smartest coach I've ever worked with. Um, when I was at Salford, we had the best attack. Well, we'd made more breaks, I think it was in 2016 or 2017 than any other team. Came back for pre-season training and... Gleese told us that, he said, made more breaks, um, but we're going to change the way we play and attack because we're not scoring enough tries. We're too deep when we make a break, so we're going to play much flatter. And the next year, we, we killed it. No one could tackle us. We lost the grand final to Saints, but we were, for the, the squad we had, our attack was outstanding. Um, and touching on Lee Blackett's point, I'd get to training uh, probably earlier than most, and I'd get there and I'd see Gleese. He'd probably been in an hour before anybody. So that word about being committed before he was so committed as a coach, and it'd be—I could tell he'd be—he'd be wired on on coffee because he'd probably had about five or six. He'd be walking around the team room with his laptop, showing each individual player the nuances of the previous week and certain running lines or certain passes and how we could change things to manipulate the defence to to create more openings for us. And the, the level of detail as a coach on the way we attacked was was something I'd not seen before. And, I'd, and I've worked with some pretty special coaches in Tim Sheens and, and Brian Noble and, and uh, Ian Watson. And he took our attack to, to the next level and um, he had an enormous amount of, of, to play in the, in the success we had at, at Salford. And yeah, it's, it's, um, I can easily see why he was such a good success in Union. Is, is detail like your Achilles heel? No, but see, so like when I was... Flash there now, so it's like being a player. Yeah, you 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 change. So working with, uh, obviously at Salford it was it was different because Water was very. Water really did all the talks, did all the things, didn't it? And then you just did all that detailed stuff underneath. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then going to Wasp with Lee, Lee let me do the, a lot of the 
stuff as well. So they're speaking to the players, the pre-game stuff. And you enjoyed that running meetings. So then, so then you you, you get more rounded. Uh, you get used to other stuff and find out other stuff that you're good at or not good at. So was probably at Salford with Watto. Watto did all the talking for the lads half time, full time, and all that. And I would just just you stand back and stand kind of back and do the detail, detail stuff. And then then the other part of it at Was, I got the opportunity to do a lot more of that stuff. So then you you like like you grow as a player or you develop as a player, you develop as a coach. Yeah. So, but then you learn as well that sometimes you can have too much detail. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then what detail do they actually need? That's they don't a great need point, all actually. that detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's too a great much point because John said over, over the years, and it always stuck with me, is that simplicity works just transparently across the board, doesn't it, for, for players? Yeah. Do, do you find that? That sometimes so, you're overwhelming them with yeah, information? Yeah, well, you want to be simple as possible, but have that, in that simplicity, be as Clarity, detailed yeah. as it possible. It depends on the personnel, doesn't it? Understanding yeah. a front row needs to pick up a just catch the ball and run as hard as I can. So we want you to lay the lights, we get a quick play of the ball, and we want Moose to run the Dragons, don't no, we? No, 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 no. But do you need a one-size-fits-all <laughs> kind of talk, you know, especially when, when it's at half-time? You can't be going round and it can't be tailored for a, a whole group of players, Well, right? you've got to know what players you've got. Every team's different. Every so you've team, got to understand the personalities. You've got, and the skill sets. Yeah. You can't... I think that's where Yesin Harris messed up when he came to Salford. He tried to bring Wigan to Salford. Yeah. He tried yeah. to play like Madge uh, did or whoever did at Wigan and bring mm. it to two completely different sets of players and different attributes, different mentalities, and it just doesn't work. Mm. So you've got to get a pretty good bearing on what players you've got, mm. what they're like, what they're good at, what they're not good at, and then come up with a way that suits them. Yeah. And then the right tone to get them up emotionally, or they might not need that. You might just sit you, back. You, you're, I can see you, your body language has already changed as talking about coaching, because I can see how passionate you are about it, but does, does it have to align with what the head coach, we, we've had um, head coaches on who've, worked, yeah. who've come through the system. Depends. And I know that's perhaps what you want to do, but yeah. do, do you then have, how important are those moments with Ian Watson, with um, Lee Blackett, with Eddie Jones, you know? Uh, You've got to sing from the same hymn sheet, haven't you? Yeah. You can't yeah. be going in opposite there's, there's directions. Diff there's different there's different, yeah, you can't go in opposite directions, but you, some will give you, a, let you take 90%, some will give you 20%, do you know what I mean? So you've got to, there's, there might be constraints in what, you, what you're working with. Mm. Like, uh, but said Lee Blackett, for example, he was brilliant working with him. Like he was very, he likes his league, very attack-minded, and he just had thought stuff. He might throw a counter and would agree on the best, but he, if I was adamant on it, he'd just let me do it. Mm. So, what was Watto like? No, Watto was good. Watto just left me to all that. I thought it did, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you had a great time there, didn't you? When you think back of sort of that journey that got you to be working with Eddie Jones in England, yeah. your time at Salford, when, when Mark was there as well, yeah. that 2019 run to the grand final, yeah. I think they're part of the season, but yeah. what, what a beginning to your coaching journey that was. Yeah, well, it was it was... It was tough at the start. Obviously, we played that million pound game, didn't we? Whatever <laughs> year that was. Mark's pass. 2016. Yeah, so that, talking, that was pretty. <laughs> and we, how we won that game, I never know. Do you know what I mean? But then built it up slowly. And obviously, they got to the final in 19, and the Challenge Cup was it the year after, um, which was good. Uh, Wasp made, made the final. You went from worst attack to the best attack at Wasp, didn't you? I don't know. Before you went, I'm sure it was. I, I read, remember reading an article where they were they were struggling a little bit before you arrived. Then, but yeah, struggling a little bit. Um, 
But then we started off the next my first season pretty poorly, uh, and then a really good run towards the back end. I like won like final, fourteen out of fifteen or something like that. And lost to, to Exeter, was it? Lost to Exeter and Monsoon, COVID, empty Twickenham. Did, did you find even at that stage that most people bought into you as a coach? Uh, I guess so. I but don't you, know. But you know, don't you? you yeah. As having been a player, you yeah. know when you look in their eyes if they're receiving this and they're taking it on board. And yeah, I think I'm pretty. I think I get on with the players pretty well on a whole. Players react to bullshit though as well. Like if yeah. somebody comes in and doesn't know the detail, yeah. like and doesn't know the game, like Martin could have easily gone into rugby union and not known the game, right? And, and exposed himself mm. by just, just blabbing and talking his way into trouble. Mm. But if, you, if you've got a deep thinking, analytical mind about the game of rugby league, and he said something before, and I just think this is the, the skill in coaching is if you're sat on a mountain of detail, it's choosing which bits of detail that you pull the cover back and say, this is important now. Yeah. Like if you do it, some coaches do that all the time and go, this is scattergun, everything's important. Do this, yeah. do that. The car, and it's a car they? crash. No, but it's yeah. just a car crash. The players are just confused. Yeah. And, and then there's other coaches who don't know any of the detail and they fluff. And you know when a coach is fluffing you, you know yeah. when they don't know what they're talking about. No one about. likes a fluffer. Nobody likes a fluffer. Nobody but, likes a fluffer. So what I'd say with Martin is, is knowing Martin as a player and, and listening to what Martin was like as a coach is he would, he would have been all over the detail of the game and learning the detail of the game as well. Yeah, I had a leg up going to Wasp because Lee Blackett was a tech coach yeah. and Dai Young was head coach. Yeah. So I was going in helping Lee to start with. So he had his systems and all that in place. So he was coming up with... He had like a set way of playing. I just fine tuned that way he was playing with the running lines, this and that. And then as Di got sacked a few months after he left, Lee went to head coach. I'd learned enough then to then take over that. So I was just going in there, not knowing the game exactly, completely. Yeah. yeah. I kind of had a bit of a an helping hand that way. So I got lucky. Where, where did that, the intrigue with Union come? Am I right in saying that even sort of before Wasps so or around that time that you obviously knowing Sean Edwards and yeah being a Wigan lad and having looked up to him and watched him as a kid, that you were even going to Wales camp and seeing what not, he was doing? Not Wales camp. I'd go to his house up in Standish. He'd invite me up. When he was the Wales... When he was the Wales the defence team, coach. Yeah. So yeah. just before the Six Nations. So he'd be looking at England. So this is how they attack. How would you defend that in league or what would you do? So I was doing that for a couple of years. Uh, I'd just go once each time and look through a lot of video and what drills would you do to defend that and how would you system it, whatever. How did that come about, that mental role from him? You know, how, what was it's in it for him? It's for your uncle, I think. Yeah, he's, he's, my uncle was best man at his uh, wedding. OK. So, uh, and he oh, saw he that, was best man at my uncle's wedding, sorry. But he he's saw that passion in you and he, he wanted, you know, he was intrigued I, by I, what I, you... I, I honestly got Because that's a pivotal moment, right? Getting someone like Sean Edwards on board. In terms of the reputation that comes with well, having to work with Sean. Ring, I remember going on the way to St. Helens, he used to ring Lungy up and say, what defense yeah. drills do you do here? He did, yeah, did yeah. He, did, he yeah. picks everyone's brains. Do you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's not anything new. He used to say, right, what do you do here? What's, what's the latest thing you're doing? What are you doing on this? Yeah, but not I everyone mean, had that sort of goodwill hunting relationship with him where you go around to his house and... Goodwill of, hunting? Know. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's a good film. Have you seen it? Uh, well, that's a measure of him. Right? Good as yeah. That. How smart yeah. is that? Yeah. Like, we can just get over that. How smart is that from Sean Edwards? Yeah, of course who, it is. Who, who's me as a complete naive outsider looking at Sean Edwards going, he's still peddling rugby league shit from the 1990s that Wigan did. He's not, <laughs> is he? No. He's learning. He's, and and this, that is such 
an undervalued skill is to be humble enough to go and ask for advice from people when you don't know what. Yeah, you're asking what do you see? Yeah. How would mm. you defend that? 100%. And then he comes up with his way. I agree with it. It might take one thing that I said or someone said and use it and not. And then that piqued my interest then. So I'm looking at how teams are attacking. I'm thinking, well, why are they doing that? And why are they doing that against yeah. that dig? Why would you not do that? So then I think when Dai Young was looking for someone to help Lee Blackett out, and obviously he was Sean, Sean Edwards. Yeah. Sean Edwards, you got yeah. anyone with the league influence? I've worded our mercy. And Sean, had, Sean had been at Wasps already, right, at that point? Yeah, yeah. he'd been there before. So it's just, that's the way it goes, isn't it? But that was enjoyable, the Wasps, that, that sort of period of learning. Oh, yeah. deep, it was a deep learning experience, you know what I mean? I, it is, because there's a few aspects of the game that take you a while to get to get a grip of. Yeah. Um, especially from the attack. Not as much the breakdown. I'm, that wasn't as bad. It was just the amount of different... The backfield's totally different. Scrums are completely different. Defences, where, where the wingers and the full-backs sit. Um, how many different variations of a line-out you can have. It's like a game of chess, rugby union. Yeah. Rugby league is a game of drafts. Yeah, yeah. The, you can play the game so many different ways to suit whatever you've, personnel you've got. So the game can go so many different ways in it as well. There's so many different permutations, even at the breakdown. You can you can have an attacking breakdown a certain way, you can defend a certain way. You can choose to put different numbers of people in the back. It's so different to league. And so somebody who absolutely buzzes off detail, that yeah. must right feed into you, right? That's got to be... It fits with you then, doesn't it? The, at any stage, anything is it possible. Is. It is, and you can play, you can play like I said, you... you if you watch a rugby league game, everyone plays just about the same way, don't they? Yeah, yeah. In Union, South Africa play completely different to New Zealand. Ireland, yeah. now under Andy Farrell, are playing very like Wigan 2010, rugby league. Yeah, yeah. Seen that. Tight, straight lines, pulling it out yeah. the back, yeah. blowing teams away. Mm. But they've got good cohesion there. So 15 out of the, 13 out of the starting 15 for Ireland from Leinster, which yeah. is like Wigan, Great Britain back in the 90s, where yeah, the yeah, majority yeah. of the Great Britain team were the Wigan team. So they've got that. Cohesion and international rugby, there's a lot of different uh, permutations. So, like combinations, and yeah, combinations from clubs, but also the amount of time you get with the players. Do you know what I mean? Some are centrally contracted with England, the clubs own the players, so England have got to buy them often for a short period of time. And leading into a Six Nations, you might only get four training sessions with them. Do you know what I mean? So, you don't get to build a lot, you don't yeah. have a pre season. Whereas a World Cup, that's where it all evens itself out because they'll get eight, nine weeks of proper pre-season with them. Yeah. So it's were, different. Were you always intrigued about what the other code was doing? Uh, no, I'd always watch the Six Nations, like, but... Did, it, did, it, did you have a kind of, you know, the separation, look down on, you know, was there that, or, or were you a bit Not more accepting really. of I'd, the other? I'd, I'd, I never really watched a club game. I used to love watching Brian O'Driscoll and Gordon Darcy play for Ireland. They were the Yeah, brilliant. Um, but you were like, you were like, you played a bit like O'Driscoll. Yeah, he did, yeah. Didn't you? Well, that's my... Uh, yeah, that, yeah, you were definitely like yeah. O'Driscoll. O'Driscoll played like Gleese. I used to like watching <laughs> them play. But then but then the game's changed from 10 years ago. Now, the game now is becoming way more attacking. Yeah. Like, the French at the weekend were unbelievable. Ireland, the way they're playing. So the game, maybe even from three, the World Cup 2019 yeah. final... It was all box kicking, and uh, the games for me, it's it's, it's moving on from well, the that. likes of Farrell have had a big say in that, haven't they? Farrell has had a big say in it. Obviously, New Zealand have always played quite open. Yeah. But there's some fun fundamentals in the game that you can't not have, and that's your set piece. Like yeah. if you're not going to set piece, you're not winning. So, yeah. like I said, it's it's a complex game that you can you can figure out so many different ways of playing that they'll suit the 
strengths of your team. Let's rewind a little bit before we, you get to England. Um, and I'm thinking, I'm just trying to think of the timeline here. It was around 2019. Was that still sort of Adams Park Wasps or had they gone to Coventry at that Coventry, stage? Coventry, Coventry, so, so, yeah. so you're not really down south, 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 are you? But no. did, did all the did all the sort of the the, the stigmas, the, uh, the stereotypes, the cliches, did they all ring true to you going into rugby union, being in that world? You're smiling. No, there's just some, there's just some f funny differences. A lot that, of, I like that story oh, when you told the big front row to carry it. Right. So my first, so this is this is a perfect example of detail. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we're working on the way we want to play, and and I was running, working on the running lines and this and that, and then the first game, I thought they've gone, everything was right and everything was, but they weren't running fucking hard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no one was running hard. And I had one of the props, I got him in and I said, mate, what do you think of that carry there? And he said, proper posh. What do you mean? <laughs> I said, just run fucking hard. He went, I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> I beg your pardon. I yeah. beg your pardon. Beg so the difference is manners. <laughs> yeah, so we got manners. But, I beg uh, your pardon. There's a, there's a good mix. There's a lot of, like... Uh, they're just, it's exactly, most of the lads are exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Same banter, same crack. Um, a few lads went to Eton and, and that, whatever, yeah. Yeah, especially in the England setup, but banter's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. So was there a transition for you personally or not? Or did you just slip right in there? No, not, not, not really. It's yeah. fine, especially the England boys. The England yeah. boys are sound as. Yeah, good, good lads. lads. Yeah. Really good lads. Yeah. Uh, look, you, you, you had two years working in union from a guy that's come from league. And I know people we've seen it on the, the playing side of things with Jason Robinson and you know, mm. obviously Farrell as a player. But two years is not a long time for a coach to then be recruited by England, is it, really? No, but I think Eddie, Eddie likes his leagues, I think. And uh, obviously John Clark was there as well. So I probably had a little bit of a, a leg up in that. But yeah, got the call um, to go with them, which was a whole different experience again. How did that relationship with Eddie start? How did the whole, how did that all come about, the England role? Um, I don't know, I just got, Major got a call uh, halfway through one of the, the last season. And it just, it just went from there, it was on and then it wasn't because England had to do a review because he had a poor 21, Six Nations and then it was on off. And then uh, anyway, they ended up, I ended up going just on the last, just before the next preseason started, which left Wass in the shit, really. But Lee Blackett said, you can't not go. Mm. Um, so England paid a transfer fee, and I think they got John Mitchell the other way because he put his, handed his resignation in yeah. from England. But how, they, but how, how was it working with Eddie? Different. It was, it was like a psycho. Right, Alan's <laughs> an outside looking in, and that man's a psychopath. He's crazy. He's definitely got psychopathic tendencies. He's a crazy man. <laughs> I'd, right, I don't know anything about what working with him would be like. I'd imagine you'd just be like walking your dog at four in the morning, Eddie. You just look at your phone, Eddie Jones. You're like, what? FaceTime or your phone call? WhatsApp start about four in the morning when you. Do they? Does he yeah. Four in the morning. He doesn't stop. Right, the you, man is a machine. You send emails at four a.m. John. I don't know who does it. You know, you hear of all these CEOs of these. They get four hours sleep, yeah. and they they work hundred not hours a week or whatever. If there's in that many hours in a week. He's one of them. He does not stop. Give us an example of a 4 a.m. message. Just he puts something on our coach's WhatsApp group. It'll be a clip of like the other day to be an analyst. He works for him because he'll just send him, get me a clip of this. They're up all night finding stuff. So he'll put a clip on. It might just be a 20 second clip from, could be South V Roosters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Could be Anything. Japanese clubs. Uh, what do you see? Or something like that. So comment, 
this on the attack or that on the defence. And it's just throwing them out there all the time or meeting in here or whatever it is, but it's just non-stop till 11, 12 at night. And it's like that every day when you're Seven days. Does he have a day off? No. Did Eddie Jones Christmas have a day? day? Get, you get WhatsApps. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Merry what, Christmas. Yeah. You wouldn't dig out that Mate, honest to God, the man. Eddie, no. Right, so we've been camp. We've been camp all, we've trading all day. Uh, honest to God, I don't know where, what is he, 62? I don't know where he gets his energy from. The bloke is a Maybe is he had some mission. of that supplement that he had when you were Oxy Elite. MHA. Yeah, and then go out for dinner at night and he'd be on the red wine until 11, 12. Yeah. And then boom, starts again for so the morning. So he works hard, plays hard, both. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Wow. Is he a bigger stickler for detail than you? No, he's he's not he's not that uh he's not that kind of coach, really, I don't think. Uh he's stickler for detail as in he'll have a meeting with the rugby coaches, he'll have a meeting with the medical, mm. he'll have a meeting with the S and C and that'll take up he just doesn't stop. Mm. And then he'll I want to know what he's doing, that player's doing, what's his training plan when he's with his club, what's his training plan, what's his skill work on, mm. how much is he doing, I want video evidence of it. I want, so the lads who are training at the club doing passing or squatting, they've got to send little videos in WhatsApp. It's, he has to have, mm. he's, there's no what stone left unturned. Yeah, no yeah. stone left unturned on that side of it. How, how important is presence as a coach? Yeah, I think it's pretty big. Because he has presence, yeah, doesn't he? Big presence. I don't know what it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know him, but I know he's got presence. Yeah, he has got presence. And yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know how you measure it either, Will. You know when certain coaches walk in and you think, oh, and they get your attention and respect like instantly. But, but he's I'm four, like, foot, four foot six and a half. Andy Farrell might have presence because he's fucking massive. Yeah. But of what he's achieved as a player in yeah. both courts, I reckon he's got presence from his aura but as Eddie, well as Eddie Jones has got a presence mm. that I can't put my finger on I look at him and I go the, a certain was, je ne sais quoi well yeah he's just got he's dead in the eyes mm. he's got nothing he, he's got Soulless. that thousand yard stare but players want to die for him right you know we've had Haskell on this podcast he's yeah. run through a brick wall for it yeah he's got that he's, he's, what, he's, what he's very good at is is Haskell a big name Mark? I don't know, you love him stop talking talking to the, like, the pre-back speeches the telling the story, he'll paint a picture. So we'll go walk around the, the room with the lads at Penny Hill and he'll paint a picture of the journey you're on and that kind of thing. And, and that good, is he a good storyteller? Yeah, very good storyteller. That's yeah. his, for me, that's probably, I think, the one thing that I've probably not seen anyone, him do better than everyone else. Mm. He tells a story, puts something in your mind and paints a picture. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. he's very good at. What was your relationship like with him, one on one? You know, you, when you, when you had that first sort of video analytical Do you meeting, like you got on with him. It was, it was good. I, I got on with him pretty good. He's he's let's just say he's very hard taskmaster, especially on the coaches. Um, I but wasn't too bad with him, but you're committed, so yeah. he'd probably lie on you. But he, even so, he's he's he broke a lot of them, didn't he? Yeah, there's yeah, but, yeah. It's very, it's, you have to be a certain kind of character to survive. Yeah, some, is that pe right? some people easily give in. Is that right? Is that the right way to do it is my question? I don't know what, I don't know. is that the right Depends way? Depends if you, if you win know. it, isn't I've it? I've known people who've, uh, well, I know someone who went there and after, uh, it lasted less than a week, I okay. believe. Well, Eddie Br said that's Br it. Brett No, they, oh, they did, really. Brett Orson. 
No, he's not started yet. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give him two. Um, Eddie took on the RFU as well. There's not many England coaches that have done that. You know, he took on the institution, didn't he? Yeah, but and then I think he did because I think rugby. There's not a lot of what he said is actually not too far off the mark because it's a couple of England probably. How do I say this? Um, the system's probably not as good in England, like he mentioned. Mm. So, like a, an island, I've said that before. The mm. way the way it's ran, the way the like up our way. I mean, teams play. You have to go to a private school, play rugby union. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, well, you, know, you probably you went to private school, didn't you? I was on a, I was on a sports scholarship. Yeah. I fly yeah. off and I was on a sports fly scholarship. Off, fly fly off. Off. I was. Of course, he was. Of course, I am. What a grand I refuse to call fly. I, re, I just call fly it ten. I've, refu- I've never said fly off once since I've been in the union. It's a fly half. Ten, like a standoff. Half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alice Genge, who, who captain England. Good lad. Yeah, he was one of the only lads to come from a working class background to yeah. captain of a, a council estate background. Loves his league. Does he? Loves it. He's one of the few forwards who like the league. Bristol boy. He looks carried, yeah. like carried in that, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He wants to play. He actually was meant to... John Clark spoke to me not long ago before we left. And he wanted. He was meant to go up to Wigan for a couple of days train with him. He loves it. He'd, he'd love to play a league. Yeah, he yeah. just won't get the same coin. No. Don't Faz and George Ford want to play a league as well? Faz loves his league. So when we was in camp in the autumn, the World Cup was on the semi-finals and that. Upstairs, games on the... TV, most of the lads were in there watching the rugby league. Yeah, Vina, yeah. Vina Paulers, uh, uh, Manu. Manu loves it. Marcus Smith, mm. Faz, loves league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they play for Wigan, I asked him that. Um, what did he say? I think he would. Can't do it. I'm earning shitloads at computers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go Tell on. He's going to show me. 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 I think probably should have gone, left it till after the World Cup potentially because obviously we weren't getting the. Eddie was smart enough to realise England was always a set piece team and and kicking and probably lost that dominance a little bit as of late and we started trying to just play a little bit more in certain aspects, but just to, like you saw a few examples of we weren't fully clicking just yet. Um, we had foot. Three defeats or two defeats in the in the autumn. Games we should have won if we'd mm. probably just focused probably a couple of areas we should have focused on a little bit more. Come up with a couple more points and we'd have would have got that, especially the Argentina game. Um, but then obviously it's not panned out that way. And then Steve's gone in there now and probably stripped it back to the kicking and power and set piece. But like I don't. No, not well. It looked the evidence against France that we're talking about right now is that there's the kicking, powerful set piece thing was not. Well, the, the, the first, the, the first time they've been boozed at Twickenham Steve, for a like, decade. I don't really know. I've only met him a couple of times, but he's maybe an unbelievable detailed technician of the yeah. line out, and that's significantly improved under scrum under Cockers since autumn. That was a bit of a Achilles heel for us in autumn. Yeah. So, like I said, if you're trying to play rugby. You've yeah. got to have your back up with your set piece. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to have it. Yeah, yeah. 
we didn't. We have that, but they've, they've gone in and proved the set piece massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're still pulling these to be another level to what, yeah, they, what they're for doing. Sure. For sure. Twickenham, Gleese, discuss. John Wilkins has been critical of it in the past. You know, oh, I mean, no. He, no, but in yeah. general, people say you know. You've been Red... an England game. Yeah, I've been I a think few. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's all right. I think. I Which think games have you been? New Zealand. I went to. What the one this one? No, no. This is like in the last 10, 15 years. When you know, Rory I mean. Underwood and that were playing. Yeah. Go on, you've been more than all of us. No, I, mean, I, I think it's a good atmosphere. But it's it, different. It's a different atmosphere. Maybe, oh, yeah. It's a very different atmosphere, Martin. It is. It's, it's, it's a tox, I think it's a toxic atmosphere at times. I think if things aren't going well, they get on the back of, of the team, which I don't think so. Do you know what it sounded like to me watching the England-France game at the weekend? 80,000 people who think they know best mumbling. In red chinos. In red chinos. Probably drive Range Rovers. Probably really happy. Yeah. Probably really happy. Probably rich. cynical. No, I'm joking. I'm generalising. I just think the atmosphere, the atmosphere I've been, it's been great. And I've been yeah. as well and the atmosphere is just It's different. A bit, rugby, it's union, rugby Union crowd is totally different to a league yeah, crowd. Go like, on, explain it. It's just, well, they don't sing songs and chant and have a go at the opposition, you know what I mean? When you, when you look back on your, your time there with Eddie, and you yeah. know, you, I mean, forget Eddie, just you, Martin Gleeson, attack coach England. It was an incredible achievement to get to that, that level yeah. and a different code. Do, do you see your time there as a success? Yeah, because I've come out of it a better coach. There's, uh, and I've met some work with some brilliant players. I think the stuff that Eddie gets you doing off the field, the so he bring he'd fly over blokes from a bloke from America who's a teaching specialist. He flew in this psychologist from uh, Norway. Yeah, and they'd have like three four days with just the coaches on how you pre present to the lads, how much detail. You should go how many don't use more than this how much stuff you can actually remember when you sit down there do you know what i mean and you see it i've been back to clubs since loads of times and you're watching something on telly everyone get it yeah yeah going through about 10 different clips no one said a word and you don't know if they've took any of that in whatsoever no, it's and they've had people coming in showing us like how how much information people can absorb, the best way that you learn and keep that information, because everyone learns different. So all that kind of stuff that's not running lines and stuff like that, the other side of the coaching stuff that you've, you learn when you're in that environment mm. is... So you've been on like a coach boot camp? You've been, you've been on a coach, like, coach boot camp. With like psychologists and like sports scientists yeah. and experts from around the world. Yeah. What, what, what if anything did Eddie Jones get wrong? If you learn anything from your time there, was that not? I'm not talking technically, tactically. I'm not talking any of that. As like, as a manager of people, as a coach, what if anything did he not get right? Uh, well, I think coaches have shelf lives. Yeah. I think you've seen it. Uh, there's a couple of exceptions, but maybe. Jurgen Klopp's at the minute struggling. Maybe, this, this maybe pro, seven, eight years. Maybe he's just. You know, I said to you that is brilliant at coming up with stories and if you've probably but if you've heard that for seven eight years yeah. on the boats maybe yeah, it's, out stories. it's, you're, yeah, it's yeah. tough and then you maybe start coming away from looking at silver bullets or other things rather than the basics i don't know so maybe it was just a longevity thing maybe maybe should have pulled up in after the a certain period yeah. of time it's and then keep it fighting a lot of fires as well it reminded me a bit of like, mm. a, you know, somebody fighting war on two fronts, the media and the press. He was always sort of, it felt like he was always just antagonising them a little bit. 
you know, and he, he sort of got away with that actually. Yeah, he's very quick. He's very quick witted. Yeah. very smart, and he, and he just get people in a one. He loved that battle. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he played. Did he play a lot of mind games with the press, like before a game? He, he loved that. He, yeah, he'd like deflect from the team at a certain point, or he'd set an agenda on something else just just for it. Yeah, you know. probably. I don't. I'm not. When I'm in camp, I'm not looking at. It, it almost the felt press. towards the end that he was just like. Pfft get rid of him if you want. I'm not that bothered. You know, he's done his time, whatever. Did he really believe that he could take them onto the next level after another World Cup? I don't know. I think, I think Six Nations is always tough, but then having a pre-season at World Cup, that's when you can make a, a, a difference, mm. a big difference. So I think he'd have been obviously gutted, but now he's straight in with the Wallabies who they've got a cracking squad. They had a lot of injuries last year. Um, and... I think England no could doubt potentially England will face meet Australia yeah, exactly. in the quarters you know it's going to happen Greg yeah. Cooper's back isn't he? he yeah so that could be tasty enough about Eddie Jones let's finish with you um, do, do you want to be a head coach? not yet not yet but not no Co not no a couple of years three, four years maybe but just not quite yet what, what, what in three, four years will make you ready? I just think I want obviously after I want another crack somewhere as an attack coach, put my stamp on it, put my uh, ideas out there. What, what is your philosophy as a coach? Well, it depends on, I'll, I'll play a way that suits the players I've got mm. and try and get the best out of the, the group that you've got. And league union, not bothered? Um, I'll, I'll Probably union. I'll, I'll, I know it's tough the, the league is, but it's the way the union's going. You can get shit games in both gate codes. Like, I watched the game the other week, Super League. I'm, I'm, I was bored to tears. Mm -hmm. So if, if you do the counter-argument, so it was always all kicking oh, all no. the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, the counter-argument when I watch leagues sometimes now, all it goes is one-up carry, one-up carry, one-up carry, times five, kick. Mm -hmm. One-up carry, one-up carry, one-up carry, times five, kick. And that's... But the game... You can have so many different... You can have good and bad games in both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, people are too... It's such a lazy analysis to say yeah. union is predictable and league, league is interesting. I, I agree completely. And I, and I hate how chippy rugby league people are about rugby union. Yeah. You know, like, I click on, like, read a newspaper and underneath there's comments about England getting beat by France and yeah. I just sort of casually click and there's people, you know, and there's somebody will go in there... League, oh, leagues way better than Union. I'm like, what is that common even? But it's doing tribal it? and geographical. You've been guilty of that. In no, the past, but it's I? just not even part of the argument. Yeah, that it's just so out of touch with. There's like this weird competition between the sports that just doesn't need to exist. Mm. No, it doesn't. They're you both great games. Yeah, you do. You don't look like some of the. You won't see some better attack than what France did at the weekend. No, do you know what I mean? The way they move the ball, the offloads, the close support, the kick, kicks, the yeah. The, the, it was unbelievable. Well, and Ireland-Scotland was like watching, like you said earlier, it was like watching a league game, wasn't it? Ireland-Scotland, not as much, but say Ireland-France the other week. Yeah. Brilliant game. Italy-Ireland. Yeah, amazing. Like, land breaks galore. Yeah, Do you tough. know what I mean? Just edgy seat stuff. And then you the Wales-England game, boring as batshit. Yeah. Same yeah. as well, the game we watched the other week in league. I can't remember what it was. It was that boring. I turned it off for 25 minutes. <laughs> was no, John yeah. commentator? Well, there was a punditry as well. It was, it was terrible. Pundit of the year nominee. Punditry is <laughs> awful. Um, you've been, back doing, Steve you've been doing some work with... You can never get rid of Sean Long, can you? Ever, if you, as much as I'm you try. I'm not doing work with him. I went out one day. Oh, is that what he was yeah. one day? He asked one. you in? Uh, just, uh, so what you joined, doing? didn't you? Yeah, I just went in and then just ended up joining in one uh, last couple of Wednesdays ago, I think it yeah. was. 
So I've just been up there one day. So at the moment you're sponging, you're waiting, you're buying your time for the deadlifting. right opportunity. Deadlifting. What are you deadlifting, I love Martin? it just gets back in the gym. That's yeah. amazing. Just when, when the shit's the family. Yeah. What's, what's that train. six-pack saying? Just train. Do, do bench. Not as much as I Lo- used to. Loves a bit of bench, Martin, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm trying, to, trying to get back into my big lifts. One of my favourite Glee stories is when we was on tour in 2006 and he, we'd been out for a beer in the Stein, the pub in Manly. Well, great pub, right on the corner, we'd been out for a beer. And <laughs> the Glee was, was rooming with Paul Wood and we got pissed, we were all pissed and Glee was particularly drunk at the time. And uh, um, I actually don't know what's coming here. No, no I've sanitised it enough. It's not that. the story about no. his mum back in that one that you told earlier we can't tell. No. No, uh, no, no, no. You, when you was a cleaner. Oh no, 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 no. That's that's. Yeah. Can't tell that one. No, that's it's not that on bad. telly. Apparently, it's not. It doesn't say. It sounds worse. Gleese is going to be thinking, "What is it?" It's no, not. No, that no. Bad. We'll tell it on the extra section. Well, Gleese was drunk asleep, and um, it, it, you know, it, it just. <laughs> <laughs> he played the guitar a lot at this stage, so um, oh, there was just a guitar case on the bed. Uh, it, Gleese, had, there's a little bit of toilet-based issues just prior oh, to right. bed, and uh, Gleese. Gleese, instead of getting under the duvet, decided to uh, just pull his guitar case over himself <laughs> and fall asleep. <laughs> Can't like some sort of Jim Morrison that, tribute. That'll be the same night then. Remember when Longy said he was going home? Yeah. And you was, was you remember Longy? Nobody knocked on the door. Oh. And when he'd gone, <laughs> got oh, on the no. bed. Sean Long, yeah, so Sean Long wet the bed <laughs> on, on, on tour. And uh, every, Brian, yeah, every Brian, night, didn't they? Yeah, but Sean, then Brian Noble. He pissed on your passport as well, didn't he? He did, yeah. And <laughs> Brian Noble had to go in and tell him, you know, talk about whether he was going. And, and Sean let him lay on the patch, the patch of wave. And Where then he said, just lie down, you might yeah. want to move, Brian, because I yeah. did wet the bed last night. And then Nobby, <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't, didn't he just acknowledge slipped, it. He just slipped off the, <laughs> slipped off the bed. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> slipped onto the floor, and that was as it. As if nothing happened? Yeah. Nothing to see here. <laughs> I think it's pretty illegal to, illegal to piss in a passport, actually, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit like burning a £10 note or something. The story about Gleese's mum, it wasn't... Oh, you just to clear, no, no, we'd been back to... We, me and Mark, a lot of us had gone back to mine's house, and it was a great... Yeah, that house, I loved that house that you had. Yeah. Was it, it okay, where, Up Holland. Yeah, yeah. Was it Up Holland? Yeah. Yeah, like, amazing house. Like, so yeah. we went back there and we'd had a few beers and stuff. I fell asleep on we, the... You'd all had a drink. Oh! On the couch, and then <laughs> the morning think, after, so yeah, the morning after. <laughs> so adult, oh, 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 oh. It was my dad. It was his dad. Gleese's yeah. dad. Deep Gleese's dad. It all I could hear was Martin, Martin. <laughs> anyway, I was asleep on the couch. There was there was a paused, paused adult movie on the TV. Um, just to finish, yeah. do you see a romantic side in you and kind of going? Coming back to league as a head coach one day, can you see yourself at Wigan? Can you see yourself going for a grand final at Wigan? Listen, one thing, you, you just don't know. In sport, you do not have a clue. No. You've just you spoke before about being a dark place in Cheadle and thinking, then you're playing, then you're back coaching, then you're at Wasp, then you're at England, mm. and then now I don't know at the minute. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking what my next opportunities and projects can be. You just don't know what's around the corner mm. you could be anywhere doing anything yes. thank you very much for coming in really appreciate no that awesome. um, don't forget to follow and subscribe on YouTube wherever you us. get your podcast vote, vote for us where do people uh, vote let me get that address just one second John something like sportspodcastgroup.com nobody's going to do it I assume you put a www so, but but well, it's not very catchy is it well if they do rate us it's, it's going to be five http semicolon backslash www.sportspodcastgroup.com come on it'll be funny there's only two rugby league podcasts in there there'll be funny there's the other one Who's the other one? Don't know. It's a, it's a women's rugby league one. The rest of rugby union. So you know, you decide. Oh.
Um, and also, give us. us a like, five stars only. Oh, like me, like me, like me. Pathetic. Five stars. Five stars. Do we get fun? We get a few threes. <laughs> we do get a few threes. We'll probably get a few threes. Threes more, more demoralising. Actually, three's yeah. the most demoralising score. Don't give us a three. Four point eight and upwards. Zero or yeah. one. See you next time.